Well, good morning to you. It is Monday, February 20th, 2023. Monday, February 20th, 2023. Slava Ukraine, Heroim Slava. Uh, and happy President's Day. Uh, the bank is closed. The post office is closed. You are SOL. Uh, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google those four words, Political Views TV Podcast, and I'll show up right at the top of the search. Man, do I appreciate you coming every day. It's very nice of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, if you can, uh, bring someone with you today or tomorrow. That would be really cool of you. Uh, tweet to me questions or insights or maybe come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. Send me a news story, say hi, whatever, on the Twitters. Uh, oh, come on. Okay. Who didn't see this coming? It was so obvious. I, there was no way Biden would go to Poland without visiting Kiev in Ukraine. I mean, it's a 15-minute ride across the border <laughs> by plane. Uh, Biden went there uh, for a press conference and basically said we're in it for a for the long haul. He arrived at the presidential palace this morning and uh, their time, of course, and then he and Zelensky had a one-on-one -on -one meeting lasting a couple of hours uh, before the press conference. Uh, you might find it odd, but the U.S. informed Russia, they gave him a couple hours notice, that Biden would be coming uh, so they could ensure his safety. And, of course, ensure World War III didn't start because of a boo-boo. Imagine sending missiles over and hitting Biden. That would be a bad idea. You Republicans would love it, I'm sure. Actually, actually, I'm betting you Republicans would hate it because that would put Harris in charge. Anyway, uh, Sergei Markov, a Russian political scientist and former spokesman uh, of uh, spoke puppet of uh, Putin, said Joe Biden came to Kiev only with a uh, with a personal guarantee for security from Putin that there will be no rocket and aviation strikes during the visit. He added that the timing of the trip was significant as it comes before Putin is set to deliver a national address uh, ahead of the first anniversary of the invasion on uh, Friday. Um, let me see, today's the 20th, so that means the, yeah, the anniversary of the invasion is on Friday. Uh, when meeting with Zelensky, Biden said... <clears throat> This was his uh, press conference. Unchecked aggression is a threat to all of us. One year later, Kiev stands and Ukraine stands. Democracy stands. Americans stand with you and the world stands with you. Uh, Biden also um, brought up a new $500,000 aid package. Half a, half, uh, I'm sorry, $500 million <laughs> aid package of mostly uh, munitions, uh, because Ukraine needs ammunition more than anything right now. They're burning through it quick. Uh, he also announced more sanctions against Russia in his remarks. He said, as the world prepares to mark the one-year anniversary of Russia's brutal invasion of Ukraine, I am in Kiev today to meet with President Zelensky and reaffirm our, our unwavering and unflagging commitment to Ukraine's democracy, sovereignty, and territorial integrity. When Putin launched his invasion nearly one year ago, he thought Ukraine was weak 
and the West was divided. He thought he could outlast us, but he was dead wrong. Today, in Kyiv, I am meeting with President Zelensky and his team for an extended discussion on our support for Ukraine. I will announce another delivery of critical equipment, including artillery, ammunition, anti-armor systems, and surveillance radars to help protect the Ukrainian people from aerial bombardments. Anti-armor systems. I wonder if he misspoke. Uh, anti, uh, maybe he may, meant, uh, you know, uh, depleted uranium uh, shells because that's what they use to get through armor. Uh, depleted, depleted uranium isn't, isn't dangerous. Well, it's dangerous if you get hit by it, but it, is, it isn't dangerous to the environment. It's depleted in uranium, but it happens to be really effective against uh, armor, and it's able to pierce it. Uh, but I'm not sure what he meant. If he meant anti-tank, uh, a- uh, anti-air weapons, it says anti-armor systems. That can only mean a system used to attack armor, right? It's kind of a weird way of saying it. Uh, um, he went on, and I will share uh, that later this week uh, about uh, what's coming. Uh, we will announce additional sanctions against elites and companies that are trying to evade or backfill Russia's war machine. Over the last year, the United States has built a coalition of nations from the Atlantic to the Pacific to help defend Ukraine with unprecedented military, economic, and humanitarian support, and that support will endure. Uh, and in this case, unprecedented seems to be a, 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 a true use of the word. Most of the time, the people overuse that word. But this does seem to be unprecedented what they have supplied Ukraine. He said, I also look forward to traveling on to Poland to meet President Duda and the leaders of the Eastern Flank allies, as well as deliver remarks on how the United States will continue to rally the world to support the people of Ukraine and the core values of human rights and dignity in the UN Charter that unite us worldwide. Biden then went to the U.S. Embassy. Uh, So uh, why now? Why did he decide to do this now? Right? Can you, well, first of all, he's, he's going, he was going to Europe anyway, but can you imagine what would happen politically if a Republican candidate for president visited Kiev before Biden did? Could you imagine the political nightmare? Not that I think Trump would visit, or even if Zelensky would be willing to meet with him. But there is, you know, a couple other people. Uh, remember, there were impeachment proceedings because of Trump. Uh, Trump's phone call with Zelensky when Trump threatened to pull funding unless Zelensky investigated Biden using the United States' leverage for political action. Imagine that. Uh, Russian ambassador to the U.S., Anatoly Antonov, said yesterday, Washington is trying to demonize Russia and fuel the Ukrainian crisis by accusing Moscow of crimes against humanity. On Saturday, Kamala Harris announced Washington has formally determined that Russia is committing crimes against humanity in Ukraine in an address at the Munich Security Conference in Germany, uh, which is a, a big step going towards trying Russia for all these crimes. 
Uh, Harris had said Russia is responsible for a widespread and systematic attack against Ukraine's civilian population, committing war crimes, as the administration formally concluded last March, and illegal acts against non-combatants. She cited evidence of execution-style killings, rape, torture, and forceful deportations. You know, someone in the Russian military raped a four-year-old girl? From what I understand, that's I, I just I just want to shoot people like that. I really do. Uh, the Biden administration will continue to assist Ukraine in investigating these alleged crimes. She said, pledging to hold to account the perpetrators and their superiors. Harris added, "Let us all agree on behalf of all the victims, both known and unknown. Justice must be served." Uh, according to uh, Ukraine's uh, prosecutor office, Ukrainian authorities have registered more than 70,000 Russian war crimes since the start of the conflict. Ukraine has also unveiled a number of criminal cases against members of the Russian forces, including against Yevgeny eh, Prigozhin, uh, the, the boss of the Wagner mercenary group. Uh, on Telegram, Antonov said, We consider such insinuations as an attempt unprecedented in terms of its cynicism to demonize Russia in the course of a hybrid war unleashed against us. He's claiming the war was unleashed against them. Find that odd? I, um, in this case, I think he's, it, it is unprecedented the way that Russia invaded. I mean, unprecedented in the last couple hundred years. So I guess he used that right. Uh, there is no doubt, uh, he went on, there is no doubt that the purpose of such attacks is to justify Washington's own actions to fuel the Ukrainian crisis. In response, Russia has charged 680 Ukrainian officials, including 118 members of the Armed Forces and Defense Ministry, with breaking laws governing the conduct of war, including the use of weapons against civilians. According to the report, which quoted Russia's chief public investigator, the Ukrainian officials were charged with the use of prohibited means and methods of warfare. Now, I will say that Ukraine has also committed, uh, allegedly committed some war crimes, some minor crimes, uh, usually done by soldiers uh, that didn't, didn't feel like uh, taking somebody in. They'd rather just shoot them or something like that. But nothing on the level of what Russia has done. Um, and uh, this is just Russia trying to, you know, say that everybody else is doing it, so they should be allowed to do it or something like that. But I'll, I'll also say that any civilians that were killed uh, in Ukraine is Russia's fault. If uh, uh, Ukraine fired, uh, uh, whatever, arms, some sort of uh, uh, ballistics at the Russian army and a civilian was killed, that would not have happened if Russia was not there in the first place, right? Anyway, uh, jailed Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny uh, has gotten, has got really nothing left to lose but his life. <laughs> So he, he can continue to speak out against Putin, which is what he's doing. I mean, he's in jail uh, for, for uh, eight more years? Eight more years, is it? Something like that? 
In a post on social media ahead of the first anniversary of the invasion of Ukraine, and you know what, it would be interesting if Putin fell and Navalny took power somehow. That would be interesting. Um, On the first anniversary of the invasion of Ukraine, Navalny said Russia had hit rock bottom and could only recover once the Putin dictatorship had been dismantled. Navalny said in a series of posts on Twitter, the real reasons for the war are the political and economic problems within Russia, Putin's desire to hold on to power at any cost, and his obsession with his own historical legacy. He wants to go down in history as the conqueror czar. He added Russia's defeat on the battlefield was inevitable and that Moscow had to withdraw its troops from Ukraine and recognize its borders as they were set in 1991 after the fall of the Soviet Union. And boy, wouldn't it be uh, interesting to have Navalny in charge. Uh, The Kremlin accuses Moldova Uh, Moldova's leaders of pursuing an anti-Russian agenda amid mounting tensions between the two countries. Uh, Remember all the stories we we covered in the last couple of weeks about what uh, um, uh, Russia was trying to do in Moldova. Kremlin spokespuppet Dmitry Pesky-Peskov's remarks came after the Moldova's parliament last week approved a pro-Western government led by new Prime Minister Doran Rysian after he pledged to revive the economy and chart a course towards the European Union, which, of course, Putin doesn't want that. Um, I will say, in Moldova today, there are protesters, uh, Russian-backed protesters, uh, protesting the government right now. Uh, and that it would have been much worse had uh, uh, Ukraine and Moldova not found out about what Russia was planning that we talked about last week. Joseph Borrell said before meeting with the uh, bloc's foreign ministers in Brussels about supporting Ukraine with what they need most, of course, we're talking past the ammunition. It is the most urgent issue. If we fail on that, the result of the war is of the war is in danger. The Russian artillery shoots about 50,000 shots a day, and Ukraine needs to be at the same level of capacity. They have cannons, but they lack ammunition. So we really need to get that ammunition over to them. 155 millimeter shells. Uh, if they have Russian arms, I don't know if we can we can make 151 millimeter shells. Uh, anyway, now that I have your attention, let's move on. Let's try and fix the rest of the world. Let's start with China. Russia, China, Russia, China. Uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken did end up meeting with the state councillor Wang Yi of China at the Munich Security Conference. Uh, this, of course, about the balloon. Uh, Blinken said that he told him that the action was unacceptable and must never happen again. I guess that private company that's been working for China is out of work if uh, they're just going to get their balloon shot down. I, honestly, a balloon at 60,000 feet can see more than a satellite. And guess what? They don't have to come into U.S. airspace to do so. Right? They can see at an angle. They can look into doorways. Um, anyway, it, it, uh, it was a closed-door session, so I guess we, we take Blinken at his word. He said that the two had very direct, very clear conversation. 
about the Chinese surveillance balloon being sent over our territory in violation of our sovereignty, in violation of international law. Uh, Blinken told ABC News, It was important for me to underscore the importance of having open lines of communication between us and continuing to engage in direct diplomacy. We have a responsibility to manage the relationship responsibly. We have a responsibility to manage the relationship responsibly. Uh, From the repetitive, redundant department. Uh, I think the world expects that of us. Uh, So he's saying, remember, uh, we tried to contact China and they refused phone calls from us after the Chinese balloon incident. We have to keep those lines of dialogue open. That's what he's talking about. A senior State Department official said Saturday's meeting between Blinken and Wang Yi lasted roughly an hour and that the uh, secretary very clearly expressed the administration's displeasure over the incident in a short readout Beijing said uh, Wang Yi expressed China's solemn position on the so-called airship incident, demanding that the United States change its course and face up to and solve the damage caused by the indiscriminate use of force. They're basically blaming the United States for damaging the balloon that they sent in. Uh, Wang called the balloon episode a political farce manufactured by the U.S. and accused them of using all means to block and suppress China. That has nothing to do with the balloon. Uh, Sunday morning, Beijing warned that the U.S. would bear all the consequences if it escalated the argument over the balloon. China would follow through to the end in the event the U.S. insists on taking advantage of the issue. Uh, taking advantage of the issue? You mean like uh, 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 telling the world what you've been doing so you can't do it to the rest of the world like you have been doing? Right? <laughs> uh, China is in the news for more than just that. Uh, China, as usual, will deny, deny, deny Uh, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said Chinese firms were already providing non-lethal support to Russia uh, and new information suggested Beijing could provide lethal support. Now, which would mean weapons. Now remember, Beijing will claim that they cannot stop a private company from supplying weapons. But any company is part of China. It's part of the government, right? It really is. It is run by the government. The government tells them what they are allowed to do. It's a, it's a, uh, it's actually more of a fascist. No, no, it's a communist. That's a communist. Definitely communist. Uh, fascist would be if, if the corporations were telling the leaders what to do, but the, this, in this case, the leaders are telling the corporations what to do. Uh, Beijing said the claims were false about uh, weapons uh, for Russia and accused Washington of spreading lies. Uh, pretty sure China has been discussing weapons with Putin, uh, because Putin is getting a little desperate and needs them desperately. He has gone to China, he's gone to North Korea, he's gone to Iran. We have proof he's gotten weapons from North Korea. And I'm sure other countries. Of course, China denies Russia has even come to them 
requesting weapons. China's foreign ministry uh, spokesman, Wang Wenben, said at a regular press conference today, he has has one every Monday, we do not accept the United States finger-pointing on China-Russia relations, let alone coercion and pressure. During his meeting in Munich, Blinken expressed deep concerns about the possibility that China will provide lethal material support to Russia. He said, to date, we have seen Chinese companies provide non-lethal support to Russia for use in Ukraine. The concern that we have now is based on information we have that they're considering providing lethal support. The U.S. has sanctioned a Chinese company for allegedly providing satellite imagery of Ukraine to the mercenary uh, group Wagner, you know, Progosian, which supplies Russia with thousands of fighters. Uh, Though it was a private company in China, that is never truly the case. Like China might say a private company launched that balloon, but as Blinken said, of course, in China, there's really no distinction, distinction between private companies and the state. He added that if China provided Russia with weapons, that would cause a serious problem for us and in our our relationship. Wang said in Munich on Saturday that China had neither stood by idly nor thrown fuel on the fire for the Ukraine war. Mr. Wang said China would publish a document that laid out its position on settling the conflict. The document would state that the territorial integrity of all countries must be respected. He said, I suggest that everybody starts to think calmly, especially friends in Europe, about what kind of efforts we can make to stop the war. And I find this odd. Territorial integrity of all countries must be respected. And I would say that along with any such statement, they would include that Taiwan was part of their territory. Right? They're going to try and they're they're going to try and shift the uh, the uh, argument on that. <clears throat> so we'll see what that uh, statement says. What is it? What do they say next week? Uh, published doc, doc, uh, They didn't say when, but it, it's coming apparently. Hmm. Must be a normal Monday. <laughs> North Korea launched two ballistic missiles into the waters off the east coast of the Korean Peninsula earlier today. Uh, Kim Jong, uh, well, there was also something on Saturday. Uh, Kim Yo Jong, li- uh, uh, leader Kim Jong, uh, Kim Jong Un's sister, Kim Yo Jong, said the, she really needs to uh, watch some TikTok videos on how to put on makeup. She really does. She could be so pretty. Uh, she said the frequency of using the Pacific Ocean. As our shooting range depends on the uh, nature of the of uh, the U.S. military's actions, uh, today's missile tests were the second in three days. Pyongyang launched an intercontinental uh, ballistic missile, uh, an ICBM, uh, on Saturday. Its third such test in less than a year. Uh, the uh, U.S. responded to that launch by holding separate drills with South Korea and Japan on Sunday, a move uh, North Korea viewed as provocation on top of planned nuclear tabletop drills between the U.S. and South Korea at the Pentagon this week. The Allies 
are also expected to hold military drills next month in the Korean Peninsula. North Korea had warned Friday of unprecedented unprecedented strong responses to those drills if they go ahead. Japan's defense ministry estimated both missiles were fired today around 7 a.m. local time and fell into the Sea of Japan outside Japan's exclusive economic zone. Uh, Today's statement from Kim Yo-jong suggested North Korea was primed for further launches, saying if Pyongyang deems the presence of U.S. forces in the region to be a threat, it will take corresponding measures. You know what? This can escalate. There can be an accident with a missile, and we hope that doesn't happen. Uh, The ministry said in a statement, the first missile flew about 400 kilometers, which is like uh, 250 miles, uh, at a maximum altitude of about 100 uh, kilometers, which is 62 miles, while the second was fired about uh, 10 minutes later at a maximum altitude of about 50 kilometers, uh, 31, obviously half of 62, flying about 350 kilometers, uh, which is like 220 miles. Uh, on Sunday, North Korea released more details of the Saturday's ICBM launch. The missile flew 989 kilometers, which is over 600 miles. Uh, for almost 67 minutes to an altitude of 5,768 kilometers, which is like uh, 3,500 miles, which is in space. (laughs) Uh, After North Korea's ballistic missile tests uh, on Monday, Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida pushed for an emergency United Nations Security Council meeting in South Korea imposed sanctions on more individuals and companies. Kishida said, we recognize that we must continue to gather information, vigilantly monitor, monitor the situation, and deepen cooperation between the United States, Japan, and South Korea. Meanwhile, South Korea's foreign ministry imposed sanctions on four North Korean individuals and five organizations who had accused of aiding Pyongyang's nuclear and missile weapons development and helping the country skirt sanctions. Uh, Russians, Russia's been doing that. I mean, they actually share a border, a very small one with North Korea. Russia does, but they do share a border. Uh, just like, and of course, Iran also with Russia. Iran, uh, Iran shares a border across the sea, right? Directly across the sea from Russia. So we just talked about Starbucks last week and their union-busting ways. Uh, late Friday, a federal judge issued a nationwide order barring Starbucks from firing union organizers. Uh, That is what they've been doing. If an organizer starts working towards a union, it's easier to fire them than to actually deal with being fair to workers. A U.S. District Judge Mark Goldsmith ruled in in Michigan that former shift supervisor Hannah Whitbeck must be reinstated in her position, which she was fired from in April 2022. Apparently, um, she had left a half hour early, and normally that would get a warning, but she didn't get a warning. She just got fired. Um, She probably left a half hour early uh, to deal with the union stuff, probably, I'm guessing. Uh, Whitbeck and National Labor Relations Board NLRB uh, Detroit Regional Director Elizabeth Kerwin 
argued that the former worker had been fired because of her involvement in union organizing at the store where she worked in Ann Arbor. Starbucks Workers United, the employees' union, has accused the company of firing more than 200 employees in illegal retaliation for organizing. Uh, Jennifer Abruzzo, general counsel for the NLRB, uh, National Labor Relations Board, of course, uh, the district court's ruling confirmed, said, the district court's ruling confirms that Starbucks continues to violate the law in egregious ways, thus requiring a nationwide cease and desist order. The NLRB has issued 75 complaints against Starbucks for unfair labor practices, including intimidating and retaliating against workers who are organizing. Goldsmith ordered Starbucks to post physical copies of the order at the Ann Arbor store and to read it at a mandatory meeting. The company was given 21 days to file an affidavit declaring it had complied. I, which is, this is like uh, uh, when, when a parent would tell a child to do something and to prove that you've done it, you got to do this. This is your punishment. <laughs> Man, Starbucks. I, if, if, uh, uh, um, if that CEO ever gets um, pulled in, uh, to be questioned by the Senate, by Bernie Sanders, I would pay to sit in on that. That would be fun. And sadly, we'll finish with this, former President Jimmy Carter has decided to go into hospice care. That means he is refusing life-saving medical care and is preparing to die at 98 years old, which is about the same age as my landlord, believe it or not. Been married for 80 years. He's actually 97. He got married at 17. Been married for 80 years. And she's still alive. She's over 100. That, that's personal stuff. Anyway, I want, you to under, uh, uh, I want you to understand. Had Jimmy Carter been reelected, we would not be where we are right now. We wouldn't be this far along in global warming and fuel prices would not be so high. He put solar panels on the White House. And the first thing Reagan did when he got into office was take them down. At the behest of big oil, no doubt. Imagine where we would be if we had moved towards solar in the U.S. But instead, we got Reagan who literally committed treason by negotiating with terrorists before he became president. The president can negotiate with terrorists, but you cannot negotiate with terrorists before you become president. You can't tell those terrorists. You cannot tell those terrorists, hey, you know what? Why don't you hold on to those uh, hostages you have in Iran? Hold on to them until after the election, and then I'll give you arms if you release them then. In other words, they were going to be released, and he stopped them from being released, those hostages in Iran. That's what he did. That's what the president did before he was president. Treason. Anyway, Jimmy Carter, got to love him. Uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. Monday, February 20th, 2023. Monday, February 20th, 2023. Boy, do I appreciate you so much. Uh, bring someone with you today or tomorrow. That would be awesome. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. And remember, 
always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles. Thank you.